curling down the lane. Got it on the foul. What a play. And it's blocked. Ohio State got it. Blocked out of the air. Towards the end zone. Touchdown, Buckeyes. McSorley in the end zone. Buckley touchdown. Tennessee at the buzzer. He got it. This national championship win. Blocked. Lions scoop it up. Brad Haley will score. Watford for the win. Yes. Yes. Holy Buckeye. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fifth former Ball Boys podcast. I'm joined tonight by the brothers, Cam and Zach Lightgib. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Excited to be back for another episode. Saw some more good football, great national championships. Excited to talk about it. I am doing awesome. A genius as ever, picking the Titans to beat the Ravens. I, I just need to jump into that. You guys want any autographs? Hit me up. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. For today's, I for today's schedule, we're gonna do a voicemail. We got some news. Talk a little bit of college football as the season is sadly wrapping up, or has wrapped up. And then we're going to jump into some NFL talk with Tennessee and Kansas City and Green Bay and San Francisco. How's that sound? That sounds great. I'm excited to do it. All right. Our voicemail today is from our good friend, Will Kaywood. Thank you for the voicemail. Big George. Yep. George Kaywood. And I'm going to play it for you right now. Hey, um, big, big fan here. Uh, I was wondering what you guys thought of the uh, TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler fight that happened the other day. I was also curious about what you guys think of the Pacers going forward with Victor Oladipo coming back soon and Brogdon being healthy. Thanks. Love you guys. Uh, So I think... I hate NBA fights. I think they're a bunch of fake tough guys. Uh, TJ Warren grabbed them, just kind of spun them around. It it wasn't much. It was barely a foul. He just kind of stopped them in his place, and then Jimmy Butler took exception, got in his face, and it was just two guys yelling at each other. I didn't think much of it. I'm not a big Jimmy Butler guy. He causes problems with all of his teammates. The Heat are looking good this year, but he's always causing problems with his teammates. But just going to the Pacers and Raquel Depot, I think they are going to be really good. I think they will have a chance to come out of the East. It's going to be tough, though, because the East is pretty top-heavy with the Bucks and the Celtics. And if the Sixers can get some shooting, they're right up there, too. But the Pacers getting Oladipo back is huge, and I think they're going to be a real top contender in that East. Yeah, I thought... The fight was weak. The NBA fights are just a joke. It's all talking and trash talking about everything. I, I wasn't feeling it. I think Butler's a fake tough guy. But everywhere he goes, he's a winner. He left the Bulls. They stink. He left the Timberwolves. They stink. He goes to the Heat. And they're winning. Dude wins games. I'd like him on the Pacers. He got a little bit of uh, arrogant swagger to him and a little bit of cockiness that I like. But uh, that whole fight is just weak. I didn't enjoy it. Um that's that's how the NBA goes. It's all substance. They're all talk, no substance there. 
Um, for the Pacers, I, I agree with Cam. I think Victor's going to make a big difference once they get into the flow of things and incorporate them into the offense correctly. Uh, I think Brogdon being healthy is a bigger deal probably than Oladipo. As Brogdon goes, the team goes, and that's uh, what Coach McMillan said as well. Um, I, I see them potentially making the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't see them going to uh, the NBA Finals. When you don't get production out of guys like TJ Leaf, who you use the first-round pick on, or Goga, who you use the first-round pick on, uh, you got to rely on other pieces. Uh, Miles has been solid this year. Damo's a beast. Warren's been fantastic. Vic's going to help. And Brogdon is great. Our starting five's good. Lamb off the bench is fantastic. But I still think the talented teams are uh, uh, the Bucks and the Celtics. Uh, I see the Bucks coming out of the East and Giannis making to the finals this year, personally. Cole? Yeah. I agree with both of you on both points. I didn't even watch the fight. I didn't care that much. Uh, as soon as I saw it was anything less than the Malice at the Palace, I would just... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think just, anything's going to compare to the Malice in the Palace. Except for the Bruins going into their own... Yeah, that's uh, hockey. Bleachers, but that was like 20 right? years Come before, too. That was a while before. Um, but yeah, I just... I don't think that it really mattered. They went to social media like all you do. You talk a little bit on the court, and then you go to social media. Uh, I think the Pacers... Are probably a year away from making from coming out of the East. Maybe if they can keep their pieces together, uh, I agree, Zach. I think the Bucks are going to come out. Vic isn't going to come out and be old Vic immediately, like some people might expect. Uh, it'll take him time to rehab, uh, get back into the flow of the game. He hasn't been able to go game speed, and even like game speed in practice isn't the same as get actual like game speed against someone. So I think it'll give him. Uh, a little time to get adjusted, be back, and then next season's going to be when they... Next, we're going to go into some news. Uh, Joe Brady left LSU after winning a national championship to go to the Panthers. Joe Moorhead went and is now the Oregon offensive coordinator. And Luke Keekley retired at 28. He had 1,092 tackles, was a rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, five-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler to end his career, seven straight. Other notable people that... Retired under 30 are Andrew Luck at 29, Gronk at 29, and then Patrick Willis and Calvin Johnson both actually retired at 30. That's pretty recently. You got Barry Sanders, too. Yeah, I couldn't find what age he actually retired at. Um, but he was also one that retired very early. Uh, what do you guys think of people retiring early? You think they're trying to save their chicken, protect their chicken, as Marshawn Lynch said? Yeah, I, I think so. It upsets me a little bit just because they are such great players and I love watching them play. Luke Keekley might be the best linebacker we ever got to watch uh, just from like a smart aspect, I want to say, for lack of a better term. He just always know knew what play was going to come and he was always there to make the tackle. But I don't blame them. They have to take care of their bodies, their brains. Luke Keekley had tons of concussions, so I can't really fault them for retiring smart for long-term health but selfishly as an nfl fan i wish they didn't retire so i can continue watching them play take care of your bodies take care of your mentals take care of your chicken as the great marshawn lynch that uh he is a great philanthropist um i agree with cam it's tough seeing these guys leave but it's totally understandable their long-term health matters more than the game of football right now and you see both end of the spectrum though we have guys playing until they're 42 like brady and breeze so we see guys playing probably a little too long and then guys retiring early 
Um, but it's their own, everybody's lives. They're, they're individuals. I think if you have a bunch of concussions, you need to get out. Your brain's going to be fried. Um, so I think they're making the choices that they should make for their own own long-term health. But you, you can't fault guy either way. If he loves football enough, wants to play until he's 40 and doesn't mind damaging his head, like perfect, um, let him play. <laughs> but also, uh, like look at Antonio Brown. That dude's going off the deep end right now, and it's kind of, to an extent, it's sad to see, but he's an idiot, too. Um, who knows how, how shook up his brain is. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know right now. It usually happens later on in life. You can read their brain better once they pass away. But uh, I think it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years uh, when more former NFL players pass away and they can study the brain more, what impact it has on them. Do you think uh, Antonio Brown's mental health issues right now or a result of concussions like the game we were at the playoff game where perfect hit him across the middle and the Steelers went down and won the game do you think that hit kind of led to this because before that you didn't hear much about Antonio Brown or it was just kind of hidden by the Steelers I, I think the healer Steelers hid that for so long he did a great job at hiding it because he got in trouble in college had to leave Florida because he was getting in trouble with the law and then he went up to Central Michigan, and I guess got an issue with the, the police there, too. The guy's not the brightest guy in the world, and um, I think a lot of it's on him. But I think the concussions have a little bit to do with it as well. I think it's gotten worse, but also he has a horrible circle around him. Um, the Steelers, they they protected him hugely, and that's not a great word, but uh, they really protected him. You saw him go to Oakland, and they could not handle him. The Patriots tried, but the NFL didn't want to deal with it. I don't blame him. I think his NFL career is over at this point. He's just bar- digging a grave and burying himself in it. Um, it was fun while it lasted. I think the sad part is he's going to be remembered for all this goofy shenanigans and not how talented he was on the football field. Some of the plays he made were just insane. Uh, the catch he had against the Packers, it's still one of the best catches I've ever seen. Uh, if you ever get a chance to look that up, just type in A-B catch against the Packers on the sideline. His toe touch was incredible. So I think there's a bigger issue at hand, and we'll continue to watch over A.B. and guys like Keekley and other guys that may retire early. I think we'll see a higher trend of guys retiring early, though, moving into the future. Yeah, it must be pretty bad if you get kicked out of Florida for getting involved with police because I feel like everybody down there does. <laughs> Good point. Um, also, I I was listening to Willie Colon, ex-Steeler, um, offensive lineman, and I think part of the thing is like as he's moved away from the Steelers like it sounded like he had like brothers on the Steelers like his he had family teammates that were like family to him and Willie was talking about how hard it was like he couldn't even finish watching the video of him with the police like he was so upset by it, he like threw his phone and everything and uh he just now that he's moved, he's been on the Raiders for a little bit and the Patriots for a little bit. That's not long enough to like build build that family around you. And especially when they're gone, if they're not with you anymore and he has this new circle, or maybe it's his old circle that uh, the Steelers and the other players just kind of push down a little bit. Um, but he's not really trending in a good direction, to say the least. Uh, moving on to some college football, we have our bowl season results. Taking the championship at 26 and 20, Cam Lightgib, 56.5%. Not bad, not bad. 56.5%, number one, baby. Who did you pick to win the national championship to win it? Clemson. <laughs> All right. Second place, due to the fact that 
Zach picked the right winner but chose the wrong side of the spread is me, Cole, at 28 and 24, 53.8%. And then Zach is on the bottom, still positive though, at 25 and 23, 52.1%. So we collectively, none of us are under 50%. We had a good bowl season. In the bowl season, you never know what's going to happen. If you're over 50%, I say that's pretty good. Yeah, 56% is where you want to be. You can make a living off gambling if you're 56%. Um, I definitely think there should be a recount, but I'm not going to complain because <laughs> we'll get to our NFL picks here soon. Yep. Yeah, I'm definitely making a living on my gambling <laughs> predictions. It's really going well. But yeah, bowl season's crazy. It was a lot of fun. Happy that we all went over 50%, though. That's pretty impressive. I really miss football already. It's kind of a bummer as to end, and then we have to talk about more uh, – NBA. We'll add a couple of minutes to our podcast with NBA and then stop talking about NBA pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about how many games are left in the football season later because it's a depressingly left games. But with bowl season ending, that means the national championship has just concluded. The LSU Tigers went 15-0, and um, are now on a 16-game win streak after finishing off last year beating UCF. Um What's your reaction from the championship game? Oh, I thought it was like early. I thought Clemson was going to be able to make some uh, some key stops. They punted and uh, made LSU uh, pin them back in their own own uh, red zone or end zone actually. And uh, LSU wasn't ready to capitalize on that early on. It took a while for them to get going, and then once they hit their flow, Joe Burrow, his ball placement is just incredible. He looked ridiculous, and at, at earlier in the year, I didn't buy the hype that he's the number one pick, but that game just showed that Clemson has a great defense, and he tore them apart, too. Made them look silly. Um, I still think Lawrence will be the better NFL prospect. Uh, Lawrence did not look great in that game. He missed some open receivers, and LSU had a good game plan to stop Lawrence. Both these kids are athletic, as all can be. Um, they can get stuff done. That's the way the NFL is moving. You have to be able to scramble. You can't just be a pocket passer now. It doesn't work that way anymore. But I thought the game was awesome. Jefferson's a beast. Um, saw a lot of great plays on both ends. T. Higgins had a sweet catch. He's going to be a top 15 pick. Um, it's a great game. It was exciting, and I'm glad I picked the winner right. Um, always feels good getting the winner right. I thought it would be a little bit closer, but congrats to LSU and uh, Ed Orgeron. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. But, yeah, it was a great game. I unfortunately picked Clemson, and as Zach said, they looked good in the first quarter. They had a good game plan um, in that first quarter. They were able to stop Joe Burrow, but you can only stop that LSU offense for so long until they start dominating. But I'm with Zach. I wasn't a believer with Joe Burrow being number one overall, but the more I watched him, the more he just impressed me. I was firm believer Chase Young should have been the unanimous first overall pick but the Bengals need a quarterback and looks like Joe Burrow's gonna be that guy he threw his wide receivers open but LSU has some talent they had Jamar Chase I think he had two touchdowns like 10 receptions Clyde Edwards Alaire Thaddeus Moss and Justin Jefferson all those guys were just insane uh, a big storyline was the kid for Clemson getting thrown out, Skalski, though, on a bang-bang play. I think that affected them. I think LSU would have won regardless, but I think it really hurt Clemson later in that game to have a chance of a comeback. But overall, great game. Congrats to LSU and a really fun college football championship. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
my prediction was right with LSU pulling away. The first, what, 10, 10 minutes to a quarter, I was like, Clemson's going to win this game, no doubt. They were dominating both sides of the line, but it was kind of shades of some other bowl games we've seen this year with complete domination of the game but not being able to get the ball into the end zone. Um, and Clemson couldn't do it. And then we saw what happened. LSU's offense turned on, and they were off to the races. You couldn't stop them. Um, a lot of talent. That was a very fun game to watch until about halfway through the third quarter when you, you kind of realize that LSU's going to win this. Um, I think this is pro- this was this game was better than last year's. Um, the number one offense, number one defense. Offense won. Um, that offense is probably the best offense I've ever seen. Just there's NFL talent at all 11 spots on that offense. Um, and some of them is coming back. Jamar Chase has to come back, which is wild. Um, Jefferson declared today. Burrow's obviously going to be number one. But yeah, their, center, oh, their, center, their center just declared as well. They're wow. losing a bunch of pieces, but they just won the national championship, so they did what they had to do. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said about Baker, too. Um, seeing him in spring games at Ohio State, you could tell he had the arm talent, but you're like, well, he could do it in a spring game. Can he actually do it in a game? And then last year at LSU, you're like, eh, this guy is pretty much just an average LSU quarterback, not going to do much, uh, Zach Mettenberger type. And then this year just went off. So, we, um, so do you think Joe Burrow had the best quarterback season ever? He had the most touchdown passes ever with 60. LSU had 59 touchdown passes from 2014 to 17. He had the highest quarterback rating ever, the second highest completion percentage ever. He swept the quarterback awards with the Maxwell, O'Brien, Walter Camp, Unitas, AP, and the Heisman, the largest Heisman victory ever, then led his team to a 15-0 national championship. So what do you think? Best quarterback season ever? I know people have compared it to... Tebow or Manziel or uh, Cam Newton before, but what do you think? I mean, with you reading out all those stats, I, I think it's hard to argue against it. <laughs> <laughs> you like threw that up just to knock it out. Yeah, I think statistically it's got to be the best ever. He uh, was incredible this year. He broke a bunch of records. They won a lot of games. We're going just based on one season. Then, yeah, I think it's the best single season quarterback. Colt Brennan had some good years in Hawaii too, but um, I think – Joe Burrow definitely tops that. If I had to go for an entire career, though, give me Tebow. Go on Tebow. I don't think uh, Burrow had the best career as a quarterback uh, at all. I'd take Tebow over him. But a single year, give me Burrow. But he had, his year was incredible, and he got better as the season went on, which is that's what you want to see going into the NFL draft. So I'll take Burrow uh, one year, but Tebow's career any day of the week. Yeah, you can't take anything away from Burrow. You can't deny it any of his greatness this year. Joe Burrow had the best statistical season as a quarterback ever in college football. He just had the best season overall. He was a great leader. They went on, won the national championship. He had He's a very cocky kid, though, and I kind of like that about him. He is all about it. He is there for the pressure. He's there for the attention. Him saying he looks like a national champion, and he got his ring size. He got his ring finger fitted before for the championship game very cocky but he followed through with it and yeah that, he had the best career uh season for a quarterback but yeah I'd, I'd probably go with Tebow as well 
he was just a winner in college, and that's really what you want. Yeah, T. This is to me, he's probably the best that I can actually remember, um, because Cam Newton was pretty. He was a year. Manziel was like, or he was. I don't really. Was it Manziel a year or two years? Uh, I believe he was two. Still. But that um, one year was his big year. I think it was his Heisman year with the touchdown against Bama when he bobbled it. I think that yeah. was like his main year. But as a career, Tim Tebow, Vince Young, Liner, just to name a few guys, um, Roger Stallback just got recognized as one of the top 11 college football players ever. Uh, doesn't matter the position. They're comparing LSU as one of the best teams of all time to the mid-90s Nebraska with uh, Tommy Frazier, I believe, was their quarterback. He was an animal. Um, so, yeah, what do you – how about best team ever? you think LSU's the best team ever or even close? They got wins at the time of the game against number nine Texas, number seven Florida, number nine Auburn, two Alabama, four Georgia, four Oklahoma, and three Clemson. All of those teams are still in the top 25. Uh, I believe they are one of the top teams. I don't know if they are the top team ever, but as you just listed the teams that they beat, they all five of those teams had top twenty defenses this year, and they won by like an average of twenty one points this year, just absolutely dominating the competition. Uh, their defense isn't wasn't that great, but they came through in big games, so you might fault them from that aspect as a team. But their offense carried them, and they just dominated every game. The a team that comes to mind also, I believe it was the 2001 Miami team, who was just dominant on both sides of the ball with uh, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. But I think LSU absolutely has a conversation and debate for being a top team ever. Yeah, you know who uh, ended Miami's win streak in the national uh, championship after 2001? Oh, so it was a full year. I, I said the O one team. I wasn't talking oh, okay. about the 2002 okay. team. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. No, LSU is not the greatest team of all time. The 1995 Nebraska Cornhuskers are the greatest team of all time. They averaged over 50 points a game. Their defense uh, gave up less than 14 points a game. And they beat four top 10 teams that year. And guess what? None of those ga- teams came within 23 points of them. That's the greatest team of all time. I think they had both the offense and the defense. They finished undefeated with 11-0. They beat Florida in the Fiesta Bowl 62-24. Yeah, they dominated. They legit destroyed them. Um, I think having both the offense and defensive side makes them the greatest team ever. No, they don't have all the NFL talent that, that LSU does, but we're going for the best team of all time. So give me give me the Cornhuskers over LSU. I don't, I don't know if I'd put this LSU team in the top five best teams ever, but I'd uh, most talented NFL prospect-wise, they might be the best prospect team ever, but I wouldn't go in above any of uh, the other teams that had better seasons than them, both offensively and defensively. I don't think – I think the defense holds them down. If their, de- if their defense was as good as their offense, then I don't think it'd be a question – due to how good this offense is, or even with the defense being as good. But if their defense was a top SEC defense, as you're used to seeing um, from the top, which they weren't this year. Um, From Pick 6 Previews on Twitter, um, very credible source, one of the best college football um, Twitter accounts, great handicapper, actually got recognized for it and is now a Heisman voter. 
Um, he has nineteen ninety five Nebraska as the number one team. Uh, Florida two thousand eight is two eleven Alabama, oh five Texas, and then twenty nineteen. Great minds think alike. When am I going to get my uh, Heisman vote? Is that coming soon? I voted for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm saying I get the vote for people, not people voting for me. <laughs> no, well, I voted for you. You had a great year this year. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it's it's not LSU, but it's a fun conversation to have with some. Yeah, I had a good time talking about it. Thank, yeah. thank you. It was really fun. Um, so, like every crazy sports fan, uh, let's, let's go ahead and look ahead to next year because it's 300, 200 whatever days away. Um, so, are way too early championship and playoff selections. So, right now the Vegas odds for the top teams are Clemson at plus 200 to win, Ohio State plus 400, Bama plus 500. Georgia plus 1,000, LSU plus 1,400, Florida plus two. I have Texas being way too high at plus 2,500, and too low is Penn State at plus 5,000. Yeah, I'm just going to, before I give my picks, Texas, I don't understand that at all. USC is also, I believe, plus 3,000. They're way too high after that terrible recruiting class. Penn State too low. I don't know if they'll be as good as they were this year, but they're bringing back some key pieces. But uh, my final four is going to be Clemson, Ohio State. I think Bama is going to have a good year next year and get back in. And I'm going to go with Oklahoma because I we're going to get to this, but I believe the future Heisman winners on that team. And then I have Clemson coming back and winning it all with Trevor Lawrence. But unfortunately, there's not a ton of parity in that pick, but I just think they're the best team with a bunch of guys coming back. Yeah, I think those picks are pretty good. I got Clemson, Ohio State, Florida, and Bama. So I got two SEC schools. I think Florida with Kyle Trask coming back is going to be good. Um, I think a sleeper this year, and I don't like talking about him, is Notre Dame. Bringing Book back is uh, is huge. Having the quarterback come back is huge. Their schedule is not too difficult besides their game against Clemson. That'll be the key to the season. Whatever team loses that game will not make the will not, not make the college football playoffs, only because their their schedules are too too weak. They see stinks, and Notre Dame never plays anybody. I'm so sick of Oklahoma making the playoffs. I'm so tired of it. They're, they always get destroyed. But they have such a weak conference. No one ever puts up a fight. So I hope Texas actually maybe beats them this upcoming year uh, because I'm so sick of Oklahoma. They never have the defense to compete with these Big Ten or SEC schools. So I don't want to see them. Um, so, yeah, I got Clemson, Ohio State, Florida, and Bama. And uh, I'm going to take, at this point in time, I'm going to take Clemson and win it all. Lawrence going to have a little vengeance out, going to want to win uh, after coming off this loss. And that guy has lost one game in his career and I think it will stay at one game. I think they'll be going to win out next year and uh, he'll take home uh, the dub and be the number one pick in the draft next year. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Both of you. I got Clemson, Ohio state, of course, Georgia, and, of course, and Gosh. Oregon as my playoff teams with Penn state, Alabama and Notre Dame and Florida looking in. Um, Ohio State I have as my winner, but looking at the schedules, I mean, you probably could have guessed that. I mean, come on. 
looking at I the mean, schedules, <laughs> or they have to go to Oregon, to Penn State, go to Michigan State, and they play Michigan. That's a tough schedule. I Michigan State not tough. Well, it's it's on the road. It's a conference game, and uh, play a, a road game. That's surprising. And uh, is, you said it's at Oregon. It is at Oregon this year. When? What? What week? The, do you week know? two. Oh, I think I think Oregon might actually come away with that. That defense yeah. is good. That's why I said I'm scared. They're gonna have Thibodeau. It'll, they it'll got depend Jonathan. on the quarterback play at Oregon. Yeah, mm-hmm. the but top. new offensive coordinator with Joe Moorhead. New defensive uh, he, coordinator on Ohio State, Jeff Halfley gone. Um, but yeah, I got Oregon in there. I think they're both gonna be good enough. Where unless the loser gets blown out, it's not really gonna be held against either of them. Um, Clemson has their Super Week schedule. They do go to Notre Dame on November 7th. Uh, I said the, the big game of the year is for those two teams. Yeah, it's late in the year, too. I think Notre, I think Clemson's going to roll. Notre Dame can't afford to lose that. They only play Wisconsin, which is a neutral <laughs> site game, and they go to USC. What's up? Uh, Ohio State goes to Penn State, right? Yep. Ooh, a little whiteout game. Tricky. No, I'll say that's a tough schedule next year. If they win win out, they'll be a pretty dominant team. That's a tough schedule. I have Ohio State winning it all, but I will not be surprised if Penn State wins the Big Ten. That's why I have them at number five for next year. They got Ohio State. They have to go to Michigan, and they play Iowa. Um, I think Jamie Newman is a huge get for Georgia. Yep. That's I think he'll fit in better with that offense. So I like them as one of your picks. That's the toughest one I had leaving out there between them and Bama. Um, I think he's going to fit that offense perfectly. I think it hurts the receivers a little bit, but uh, they're better in the dual threat anyway. That Their running backs are so good, it adds more room for the running backs to run. So I like that Georgia pick. Surprising they've lost a lot of guys, but Kirby's a good recruiter. They had another good recruiting class. I think they'll be right in it. So I like that pick as well. they got a tough schedule. Newman's got to go to Alabama. They got Auburn, Florida, and the large, largest cocktail party. And they kicked the season off against Virginia. And Atlanta not going to play a true home. They're on the L schedule of non-conference. Yeah, staying with the SEC. They went 9-2 and two this year in bowl season, yeah. which is just kind of crazy to me that they were able to get nine wins when people were kind of like, oh, the SEC is not great. they top-heavy. But they finished with nine wins, which is just really impressive to me. Steve Marlboro, the boat. Minnesota beat Auburn. <laughs> yes, they did. They did cool. That they was did. one of the losses. One of the, losses. <laughs> one of the two losses. Big right ten, there. baby. Big ten. All right, let's what transition. What did Big Ten finish? What did Big Ten finish in bowl games? They finished five. Yeah, IU lost, so they went five. IU lost, so they went under. IU's fault. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Our way too early Heisman picks now. The favorites: Justin Fields plus one seventy-five, Trevor Lawrence plus four. Then there's a big drop to sophomore first-year starter Spencer Rattler at plus 1,200. Once again, we're going to play act like Adrian Martinez is a good quarterback. He's fourth at plus 1,600. Derek King, who's not even on a team right now, is plus 1,600. And Jamie Newman also, as you mentioned, the new quarterback transfer is plus 1,600. Imagine if King goes with uh, uh, what Mike Leach. That'd be a pretty good good combination between those two. Since he's not going anywhere, that could change my decision. But I'm going to take Kellen Mond, uh, the quarterback of Texas A&M, to win the Heisman next year. It's a, it's a decently sized sleeper. It's not one of the top five, seven guys. I like him to win it. My real sleeper is Kyle Trask. I think Ford's going to have a great year. I think he's going to be able to put up numbers. He had 25 touchdown passes this year. I think he'll improve on those. I see them making the uh, college football playoffs. 
So I think he'll be right in the running for it. So give me Kellen Mond to win it, which is not one of the top guys that everybody else is picking. And then Kyle Trask is my sleeper. So if one of these two guys win, bow down. That's fair. I will bow down because those are two pretty sleeper picks. I don't know if Kellen Mond's going to be able to do it, but that would be a great prediction. I'm going to go with Spencer Rattler. Oklahoma just gets the stats. I mean, they had back-to-back Heisman winners. I think Rattler's – great player looks like they're gonna be good again with that weak division so he's gonna rack up a bunch of yards my big sleeper though um it's not a running back award unfortunately it's usually quarterback but i'm gonna go with master teague uh, state running back it's clear that ryan day likes running the ball and i think if master teague can just go off the whole year which is definitely possible with that ohio state line then he has a slim chance of maybe coming out with that heisman as my big sleeper are you saying Master T? Master Teague. Teague, Jeff Teague's uncle. <laughs> yeah, his uncle is in college. <laughs> no, I, it, it, don't waste your money putting any money on a running back. It's not going to happen. It won't happen. We'll only see quarterbacks from here on till forever. Now, that's at why, this point, sadly, that's why it's a deep sleeper. I mean, if he goes for like twenty five hundred yards or something, then there's a slim chance. So he gets um, invited to the award if he doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be nice. Yeah, if Jonathan Taylor hasn't won the Heisman yet, then no one's going to win the Heisman. That's a running back. Uh, my pick is going to be Trevor Lawrence. You're going to tell me that the best quarterback prospect. <laughs> prospect. Oh, yeah, boring pick. Um, you're going to tell me that he's not going to win Heisman this time. I do think it's really interesting with the lines, though, because uh, De'Aaron King's transferring. I think he's going to go to LSU, personally. Um, Jamie Newman transferred. They got Keaton Slovis at plus 2,000, who will probably be in a quarterback battle. Alabama, all three of their quarterbacks that are going to be in the battle next year. Mac Jones, 2,500. Bryce Young, the incoming incoming number one dual threat quarterback, according to 24-7 Sports, at plus 5,000. And Tua's younger brother, uh, Talia. We're going to go with that. Uh, Plus 6,000. And then LSU's backup quarterback this year, Miles Brennan, plus 2,500. So I think there's some really interesting things in there uh, if you want to try and take a long shot. My sleeper is going to be Tanner Morgan, quarterback at Minnesota, plus 8,000. Um, Sean Clifford's down there at plus 10,000. That, that's too big of a reach. This is kind of Homer-like, being an IU fan. But if Penix plays a full season, he can put up the stats. He is my deep, deep sleeper. He has... He played great against Michigan State. When he's healthy, he puts up the numbers. So I think he should be have some odds somewhere. Uh, but we also don't know if Ramsey's going to start over him. But I like Penix. Penix can put up the numbers. Him As and, you, oh, Peyton ahead. and Penix. Huh, Peyton and Penix are both at 15,000. Okay, I like Penix there. <laughs> you, you mentioned Michigan State like they were a good team when you just said nice. they weren't a good team. For IU, it's a good win. For Ohio State, it means nothing. It depends on the team that you're talking about here. Okay, that's fair, but that that's not a bad deep, deep sleep. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Clifford would be a better bet. Uh, they're taking <laughs> Minnesota's offensive coordinator, so I think that's going to help a lot too. Are they going to run the ball can't, more? Can't beat him. Take him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad about <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm not a Clifford fan. I think we all know that at this point. Yeah, I just thought they were interesting. So Lawrence is going to be my pick. My sleeper is going to be Tanner Morgan, eight thousand. So we're going to we're going to move on to the NFL. And before we get into our previews, um, we were talking 
watching the games, and there's two just absolutely dominant tight ends. And people are trying to figure out, It's people are arguing which one's better, Kittle or Kelsey. Who do you got? I'll take the one that last name starts with a K. Okay, no, just kidding. Give me Kittle. I think Kittle's blocking puts him a little bit above Kelsey. Kelsey's a beast, but uh, Kittle can Kittle can do it all. The dude blocks well, and that's why the 49ers run game is so dominant. If uh, he played on the Chiefs, I think their run game would be a little better. Um, I think Kelsey factors into that. Kelsey's probably a better receiver overall, and uh, hitting the seams is pretty good. But as an entire player, give me Kittle. I think Kittle's the better player. You watch him play. The dude loves football. He's a good personality, and so is Kelsey. But uh, if I'm if I'm starting an NFL team, I get one tight end. I'm taking Mr. Kittle. Yeah, I I always go back and forth with these two. They're both incredible players. I actually lean more towards Kelsey just because I think he's a tougher guard in the past game. I think he can get open easier than Kittle. Both are dominant, though. They both are top of their position. I think Kelsey just runs better routes. He had three touchdowns against the Texans. He's just unguardable right now. You kind of have to put two guys on him. But Kittle's blocking is huge. Set up Coleman, two touchdowns. So, yeah, you're not going to pick a wrong guy, but if I had to pick either, I would probably go with Kelsey. Yeah, receiving-wise, I would say Kelsey, but he started to get his game going, and I looked and I was like, he's going to have 100 yards this game. Um, Travis Kelsey, over two and a half touchdowns live, was probably the easiest bet of the weekend um, with how much Mahomes was looking for him. But I'm going to have to go with Kittle. Football offense is running and passing. Kittle's not far behind on receiving, uh, and his run blocking, I believe, better. Plus, he laughs like a psychopath when he pancakes people, which is kind of funny. And he also carried like three people for about twenty yards a few weeks ago, uh, and a pretty hilarious. So I'm gonna go with uh, Kittle here over Kelsey, but by a slight mark. Yeah, you can't go wrong with either one. Both players are pretty dominant at their position. Depends what you're looking for. If you want a receiver, you take Kelsey. If you want the all-around package, you take Kittle. They both uh, fit their schemes very well. Exactly what the 49ers need is a good catch- receiving tight end, but can really pass block. And then the West Coast offense that Andy Reid runs has Kelsey catching a ton of balls. So they both just fit really well in their systems. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. A couple of Midwestern guys. Out there making it happen in the NFL. So we'll go ahead and preview the games. We'll start with Tennessee. The big upset right now. um, Over both the Patriots and the number one overall seed. I guess if you get overall in the playoffs. The Baltimore Ravens. They're going to Kansas City. Versus a team whose offense after the first few minutes looked absolutely unstoppable by anybody what are your what are your predictions what do you got going so since we didn't talk much about the game the games last week i don't know if cole planned to jump in on those or not we're gonna jump straight into them the titans just control the game on the ground Tannehill's not even being asked to throw the ball and uh they ran against the ravens and their defensive scheme was fantastic at shutting down lamar i remember one of us on the podcast predicted that game I don't remember who it was, but it was a really good prediction seeing that upset being the number one team. So uh, congrats to that guy. Um, good pick. And then the Texans, Bill O'Brien, got to go. That team's talented, and uh, he's a good coach, but 
if you want to win a Super Bowl, he's got to go. I like him. I always uh, respect the guy. But that's just embarrassing, the game plan they had after that. And it's hard to shut down Mahomes. I get that. But uh, getting up 24-0 should be a big enough handicap where you can uh, at least contain him for a while. You know the pass is coming. Chiefs cannot run the ball, and they couldn't stop them. Like I said in the last three podcasts, the secondary of the Texans are horrible. But uh, going to this game, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think it'll be a decently close battle because the the Titans will be able to run the clock because I don't think the Chiefs will be able to get up by too much. But uh, I think Pat Mahomes will be able to take advantage of the secondary that the Titans have and uh, will be able to put up points. So give me a 21-17 score. The Chiefs are 24-17 in that range. Uh, Chiefs to beat the Titans. Uh, I think the Titans' magic ends here. But they beat the Patriots. They beat the Ravens. They can beat the Chiefs, but I think that will make for a pretty boring Super Bowl. So give me the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, I like the Chiefs as well. Going back to the last week's games, that was a great prediction. I will say, Zach, it was a good prediction on the Ravens. We did talk about if the Titans got the ball first and scored and grounded pound that game. That I thought the Titans had a chance as well. But going to the Texans game, another great pick by one of us. 24-0 live bet on the Chiefs money line. So that was a good one for me. But... Yeah, that was just insane meltdown by the Texans. Seven straight drives, giving up a touchdown, I believe it was. It's just wild. And it came out today, Bill O'Brien doesn't want them to hire a GM. He wants to stay acting GM, which is just insane. They need a GM to fix that team. They just are very unstable. But this week, I like the Chiefs, and I think that the Titans' magic is over. I do respect the tight ends, but I think the Chiefs are going with my double digits, personally. I think it's going to be like 35-24, something like that. I think the Chiefs are going to get the ball first. I think they're going to score and make Tannehill throw the ball, make him a little uncomfortable. But it should be another good game. But give me the Chiefs by double digits. Yeah, all of our, uh, all of our Super Bowl prediction winners are, have now lost. Uh, Zach and I still have one team left. I got the 49ers. You got the Chiefs. Um, I think with if Chris Jones doesn't end up playing, that's going to be big time for the Chiefs defense um, because they don't have their big guy in the middle to stop Derrick Henry. And we all know what Derrick Henry can do on the ground. Um, but I think the Chiefs are going to win. Uh, that offense, they looked in stop full recency bias, but we saw what. Mahomes did last year uh, on offense when he was fully healthy. It looks like he's pretty much fully healthy again. And that offense is just going to roll. Titans, I don't think, will have enough offense. They'll have to start passing the ball. And Tannehill's got like 180 yards total this playoffs. I don't know if he'll be able to run or he'll be able to pass um, as well as he needs to. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the NFC game. The Green Bay Packers, who just came off a win against the Seattle Seahawks, going to San Francisco after the 49ers had a convincing win versus them. Yeah, I think it's going to be a a good game. I think it'd be cool to see the 49ers play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You have a great defense against a great offense, and uh, I actually think that will be the outcome of this game. Um, My gut keeps saying pick the Packers, pick the Packers, pick the Packers, but I trust Kyle Shanahan more than I do Matt LaFleur. Uh, I know we talked last week that Aaron Rodgers needs to 
get some playoff wins under his belt because it's been a been a minute since he's done that. But uh, I think the 49ers run game and the lack of interior defense on the Packers are going to hurt them. I think they'll be able to the 49ers will be able to control the clock. I think if the 49ers get behind early though, the Packers might win that game because Garoppolo hasn't really done much uh, passing the ball. They more rely more on the run game, but. I think it'll be a good game as well. I think 24-21, I'm in that range for this game, being close down to the wire, but the 49ers being able to hold them off. I think if Rodgers gets the ball last, though, that he'll he'll make the way uh, to make them come through and win the game. So give me the 49ers in the close game. So I have a 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl, and I think that'd be a, an exciting Super Bowl. I'd be fine with that. And if Packers win, too, Rodgers, Mahomes, that's a good Super Bowl as well. I don't think anybody really wants to see the Titans in the Super Bowl based on uh, the fan viewing, but uh, we got four great teams left. Cam? Yeah, before I give my pick on that game, I think it'd be really cool to see the Titans. I think I don't think everyone will to see them, but they'd be the third team to be all the top seeds in their division, the others being the 05 Steelers, who went on to win the Super Bowl, and then the 2010 Packers, who went on to win the Super Bowl. Jerome so, Bettis, Steelers, baby. Yes, sir. But, yeah. I'm going to go with the Niners in this game. I think they're going to win by about eight points, maybe 28-20. Uh, you're not wrong, though. If Rodgers has the ball last, you can't bet against him. He just makes throws when he needs to. This past game, he had two big third-down throws. But he doesn't have a ton of options. I think if they shut down the run, shut down Aaron Jones, he only likes throwing Devontae Adams. They're going to shut him down. They're going to take him away. So he's going to have to start throwing to a bunch of guys that he doesn't really want to throw to. I think that the Niners' defense is just going to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage, and it's going to cause some problems for them. But I do think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, you're right. They have no weapons outside of Adams and Jones. They need a tight end. Graham's 112 years old. Uh, Valdez Scantling never developed like he was supposed to. Geronimo Allison, you, you get what you get from him. Alan Lazard's okay. Like They have nobody outside of Adams and Jones. So I think the defense of the four will be able to shut them down. Um, they need to draft weapons, and good thing the NFL draft is coming soon. They'll be able to get a deep wide receiver class. Uh, not so deep tight end class, but you can find some weapons in there. All these tight ends end up being not first-round picks. Kelsey wasn't in the first. Kittle wasn't in the first. Zach Ertz wasn't in the first. Yeah, Kittle was in the fifth round, so you can definitely find some talent late, but that wide receiver class is deep with T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson declaring today. So that's going to be exciting when we get closer to the draft. But, yeah, I have the 49ers playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, uh, I think the 49ers are going to win. I don't think it'll be that close either. <clears throat> I think that defensive line is going to be able to get pressure on Rodgers. He can't move around as well. They're going to be coming downhill to stop Aaron Jones while trusting Richard Sherman to be able to shut down Adams, um, which he's, he's always been a shutdown corner. So we'll see how he does this game. And I think he'll do well. Uh, I'm going to take the 49ers. Probably pretty similar score to their last game. Um, I'll go, I'll just do the same score. 24-10, 49ers going to the Super Bowl to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. My, so, my vote for the best defense in the NFL versus probably the best offense outside the Ravens. So, What's up? So the, la- the last time we all had the same picks, uh, we missed three of the four games. So if you want to gamble, bet on the Titans and bet on the uh, Packers. Both lines are at seven and a half right now. I just checked. And I like them both to be close games. So I would take the underdogs to cover. 
um, in both of them. And I think you guys both said you'd take the favorites. I would. I would take. I would take the favorites in them. I think the Chiefs going to win by double digits, and I said Niners by about eight. So I think I think they're both going to cover. I know regular season doesn't mean much now, but the Niners did beat the Packers by thirty in the regular season. Old news. So, old news yeah. for sure, but maybe a sign of things to come. I heard on Colin Coward's podcast today that Rodgers loses to the teams he loses to in the regular season. So, like, in oh, the playoffs, wow. he hasn't beat, like, a team that's beat him, essentially, kind of. That's what yeah, I believe what he said. Yeah. I think the Titans will cover. Uh, once again, their running attack is going to milk a lot of clock. Um, I don't... I think they'll be able to hold up better than the ti- or better than the Texans did with just a, just a dumb coach. How do you blow that lead? Um, but, but, yeah, they're... I think Vrabel's a better coach. Their defense is better. They can run the ball to milk clock. No one wants to track. No one wants to tackle Tractor Cedo. Um, especially, it's going to be cold in Kansas City. I would assume outdoor stadium. It's going to make it worse to tackle him. Uh, close game. Titans cover. Chiefs or er, Titans cover and 49ers cover. Did you say Vrabel's a better coach? Were you implying like to Andy Reid? No, O'Brien. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I said O'Brien's. Just, I was confused coach. real fast for and a second. I was like, "Ooh, no." I was going for that. O'Brien's a dumb coach, and Vrabel's better, so he wouldn't can cover lead if he gets it. Yeah, and he'll cover. I got you. I got you. Chiefs' offense is better than the Ravens. Cool. I disagree with you. I'd rather have the Chiefs' offense every day of the week than the Ravens. I'm with you. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. They sc- Ravens scored thirty whatever a game. It's the Chiefs last year, but with a healthy Mahomes, there's not a better offense. Mahomes has been exactly. That's the key to it. I'd, would you rather have Mahomes or Lamar Jackson leading your team? I don't think it's close. Mahomes. But why? Mahomes. My question is, why did they have? They got down and they just panicked. Like, why did Lamar throw the ball 57 times or whatever it is? Just if you keep doing what got you 30 whatever points a game, it's probably going to work, even if you're down a touchdown. Like, it's not that big of a deal. They, uh, <laughs> but what I was going to say is they they weren't used to playing from behind this whole year. They played against the Browns, and they got down, and they panicked in that game as well. So they just weren't used to playing from behind. That's because Lamar's not a good enough quarterback. He's talented, but the dude has to have a lead to win games. He's not brought them back in any game, really. He beat the Steelers on, with Mason Rudolph, and then he got hurt, and Duck Hodges when they were down a little bit. But the dude, if they get a lead, he's a beast. But if he's playing from behind, I don't want anything to do with him. There's 15 other quarterbacks that take over Lamar uh, in that situation, no doubt. And there's still 10 quarterbacks that take over Lamar in general. I just don't understand, like, why panic? Like, you're, you've seen what your offense can do. They can score quickly. You need the run to set up your deep routes with Hollywood Brown uh, and the others, why why just abandon it? Why throw 57 times? That just, but it is what it is. Uh, Harbaugh didn't coach a good game. O'Brien didn't coach a good last three quarters. Vikings never had a chance. That, def- that 49ers defense, Kirk Cousins was a sitting duck. Speaking of that Vikings offense, the Browns hired their offensive coordinator, Esther. Head coach. This That's week. just such a Browns move. Who does that scare? That scares nobody. No one's like, oh, the Browns made a great hire. And it's like, no, the Browns are going to Brown. That's he a typical Browns move. He apparently wasn't even a finalist for any of the other jobs. 
he was the runner-up for the Browns job last year, though. He oh, he's got it over him. But he couldn't beat out Freddie Kitchens. Well, I think he's going to beat Freddie Kitchens now. Yeah, I'm not arguing with that. It just was interesting. And I don't really know why they rushed it. I think they could have interviewed more people as well. But He must have been their guy. He really must have. I don't, I don't understand it. It makes me happy like, as a Steeler fan. I feel like if he's your guy, you would have hired him last year. He kind of just seems like, oh, we're going to pick you this year since we didn't last year. I don't know. We'll see, though. It's not like he's the reason they beat the Saints. Like that defensive line getting pressure against Breeze is what beat the Saints. It's not their offense. They didn't go out and score 40 points and out shoot out the Saints. And Peyton hurt himself too. Like that's that was another issue too. I'm not. As, the Browns are going to Brown. He he can't do worse than Freddie Kitchens though. So they might show a little bit of improvement. Yeah, that's true. All right, that is going to wrap up tonight's episode or today's episode, depending on when you listen to it. Do you guys have anything to say before we go out? Uh, thanks everyone again for listening. Love to hear some questions. BG, thanks for the question. Love to answer them. Um, re- always really fun talking to you guys about some sports. Yeah, definitely. I got the uh, same sentiment as Cam. Ask more questions. We love them. Even if it's the NBA, we do love talking about them, doing a little good research on it as well. But uh, my closing remark is thank God Sidney Crosby is back. We haven't talked about any hockey, and I can't wait till we jump into it. But he played last night, had, had three power play points, four total points, uh, did he finish with more than four? Did he end with four, Cam? He had four points, but his last points where he passed it to himself off the net to Simone through four guys. Oh, my goodness. He is ridiculous. That guy is incredible. He may be the greatest hockey player of all time, uh, no matter the era. The dude is unbelievable. I wish he was healthier throughout his career. But uh, shout out Sidney Crosby and the Penguins in the NHL. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Uh, we love doing this. It's fun talking about sports. And even if nobody listens, we still like it. And uh, Flight Gib. Also, um, shout out, since you shout out the Penguins, shout out to the Blue Jackets goalie, Elvis, not even going to try and pronounce his last name, back-to-back donuts, just shut out the Bruins You can't give a shout out if you don't even know the guy's name. Yeah, his name's Elvis. He won in (laughs) Vegas, they fired their coach, so he essentially fired a coach and then shut out the Bruins back-to-back games. So, uh, shout out to him. Yeah, guys, uh, leave a voicemail. Leave segment suggestions if you want to hear constructive criticism. Um, But we love questions, segment ideas, anything like that. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at former ball boys. And thank you for listening. Have a good day or night.